Dinoflagellate symbionts escape vomocytosis by host cell immune suppression. Alveolata comprises diverse taxa of single-celled eukaryotes, many of which are renowned for their ability to live inside animal cells. Notable examples of apicomplexin parasites and dinoflagellate symbionts, the latter of which power coral reef ecosystems. Although functionally distinct, they evolved from a common free-living ancestor and must evade the host immune response for persistence. Both of the initial cellular events that gave rise to the intracellular lifestyle and the role of host immune modulation and coral dinoflagellate endosymbiosis are poorly understood. Here we use a comparative approach in the Cnidarian endosymbiosis model, Aptasia, which re-establishes endosymbiosis with free-living dinoflagellates every generation. We find that uptake of microalgae is largely indiscriminate, but non-symbiotic microalgae are expelled by vomocytosis, while symbionts induced host cell innate immune suppression and form a lysosomal-associated membrane protein 1 positive niche. We demonstrate that exogenous immune stimulation results in symbiont expulsion and, conversely, inhibition of canonical toll-like receptor signaling enhances infection of host animals. Our findings indicate that symbiosis establishment is dictated by local innate immune suppression to circumvent expulsion and promote niche formation. This work provides insight into the evolution of the cellular immune response and key steps involved in mediating endosymbiotic interactions. Introduction In competition for space and resources, living organisms have evolved effective strategies to exploit diverse environments. Notable examples are the parasitic apicomplexins, such as plasmodium and toxoplasma, the causative agent of malaria and toxoplasmosis, and symbiotic dinoflagellates. Both belong to the superphylum alveolata and represent highly successful groups of unicellular eukaryotic protozoa capable of living inside animal cells. As obligate parasites, apicomplexins infect a wide range of hosts, including marine invertebrates, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals, with major impacts on animal and human welfare. Dinoflagellates are among the most abundant single-celled marine organisms and include phytoplankton, which are fundamental in marine food webs, and parasites that infect both wild and farmed fish and crustaceans. Moreover, dinoflagellates play a key role as photosynthetic endosymbionts of reef-building corals and other marine invertebrates. As symbionts, they transfer vital nutrients to support nutrition of their animal hosts, allowing corals to thrive in nutrient-poor environments. 
The symbiotic association between dinoflagellates and corals is ancient, highly effective, and powers the productivity of entire coral reefs. Ecosystems with major ecological and economic implications that are greatly threatened by climate change. Regardless of the role of the intracellular resident, a unifying feature of all intracellular lifestyles is the ability of the invader to live within the constraints of the host immune system. Intracellular apicomplexin parasites and dinoflagellate symbionts are thought to have evolved from a common free-living photosynthetic ancestor, but continued on distinct trajectories. While intracellular parasites lost photosynthetic capabilities and became strictly dependent on their hosts, dinoflagellate symbionts can switch between an autotrophic, free-living lifestyle and living as intracellular symbionts. The endosymbiotic association between most reef-building corals and their photosynthetic dinoflagellates is established anew in each generation. Naturally, non-symbiotic coral progeny must simultaneously acquire suitable symbionts and reject other microorganisms, especially pathogens, that are encountered in the environment. Additionally, free-living dinoflagellates must switch their mode of living to accommodate their new intracellular lifestyle. To establish symbiosis, symbionts have to escape the coral innate immune system, establish an intracellular niche, and coordinate cellular functions with their host cell to effectively exchange nutrients. In other words, the initiation of extant coral dinoflagellate endosymbiosis recapitulates key cell biological steps required to establish an intracellular lifestyle inside an animal cell. Cnidarians, such as reef-building corals and sea anemones, are relatively simple, evolutionarily ancient animals. Yet, as sisters to bilaterians, many of the components and pathways of their innate immune system are surprisingly similar to those found in humans. Accordingly, understanding endosymbiosis establishment in cnidarians may provide key insights into the basic principles of immune evasion governing the transition into an intracellular lifestyle and the molecular pathways that allow animal hosts to distinguish between different microbes encountered in the environment. It is well established that immune suppression occurs during cnidarian endosymbiosis establishment. Specifically, it was shown that symbionts induce organism-wide immune suppression through nuclear factor kappa B downregulation, possibly via transforming growth factor beta signaling to promote symbiosis establishment. Moreover, heterologous microalgae are thought to activate host innate immunity, leading to the subsequent removal. However, to date, it is unknown how suppression of innate immunity 
contributes to symbiosis establishment and symbiont selection. The prevailing belief is that modulation of the innate immune response allows symbionts to avoid recognition and or phagolysosomal digestion by arresting the phagosomal maturation process. Apoptosis has been suggested as an alternative post-phagocytotic sorting mechanism for incompatible symbionts. However, neither escaping apoptosis nor digestion has been experimentally shown to play a role in the clearance of incompatible microalgae during symbiosis establishment. In fact, no cellular mechanism or molecular pathway of how hosts select symbionts and distinguish between different microbes has been confirmed experimentally, and the role of innate immunity suppression in symbiosis establishment remains unknown. This limited understanding is largely a consequence of the lack of experimental system that allows investigation of the questions with cellular resolution. To overcome this, we established larvae of the C. anemone, Exaptasia diaphana, as a tractable model. We exploit the ability of naturally aposymbiotic or symbiont-free aptasia larvae to phagocytose symbionts from the environment with similar specificities as coral larvae in order to dissect symbiosis establishment under controlled conditions. Importantly, due to their small size and transparency, they are amenable to high-resolution microscopy and cell biological analyses. Here, we utilize aptasia larvae as an experimental system to address the fundamental question of how suppression of host immunity is involved in symbiont selection. We describe a mechanism for the selective maintenance of intracellular symbiont involving cell-specific suppression of the host innate immune system to avoid expulsion from the host cell, the common fate of non-symbiotic microalgae, and not phagolysosomal digestion, as commonly thought. Vomocytosis is defined in the following text from the results section. Expulsion of microalgae by aptasia larvae resembles the non-lytic expulsion of a living organism from phagocytic cells, known as vomocytosis. Both the phagocyte and the expelled microbe remain undamaged during this process. Discussion A model to explain selective maintenance of intracellular dinoflagellate symbionts. The selection of compatible symbionts from the environment is a key step during the establishment of cnidarian dinoflagellate endosymbiosis. Here, we observe the fate of phagocytosed compatible symbionts and incompatible microalgae in aptasia larvae in real time and further investigate these observations with gene expression analysis, chemical perturbations, and cell biology approaches. Our findings led us to propose a model in which aposymbiotic aptasia larvae constitutively acquire and release diverse microalgae from and to the environment.
By default, phagocytosed non-symbiotic microalgae are removed by vomocytosis. The acquisition of suitable symbionts leads to the suppression of innate immunity pathways in the host cell, probably suppressing the highly conserved TLR signaling pathway by targeting MID88. This suggests that local modulation of innate immunity in the host cell is crucial for symbionts to escape expulsion by vomocytosis and promote intracellular LAMP1 niche formation. Thus, we define escaping vomocytosis as a critical step during symbiosis establishment that requires suppression of host immunity, allowing us to directly link host immune modulation with a biological function. Towards a molecular understanding of symbiont selection and niche formation. Experimental evidence suggests that one symbiont selection criterion is cell size. Smaller microalgae are taking up more efficiently than larger ones. Thus, the physical properties of the symbiont play a role in symbiosis establishment. Moreover, specific recognition mechanisms between symbiont and host cell have been implied to promote initial interactions. But cnidarian hosts also non-specifically take up inert beads and incompatible microalgae. Both fail to establish a long-term partnership, probably due to their inability to manipulate the host immune system to promote a stable symbiotic interaction. At the mechanistic level, it is commonly thought that symbionts employ a similar tactics as pathogenic microorganisms to accommodate long-term intracellular residency. Some pathogens, for example, modulate the TGF-beta pathway during infection to promote their own tolerance. Similarly, the TGF-beta pathway has been proposed to be involved in cnidarian dinoflagellate endosymbiosis. Specifically, the addition of an anti-human TGF-beta antibody impairs symbiont uptake in aptasia anemones and coral larvae. However, it remains unclear whether modulation of the TGF-beta pathway occurs in vivo during symbiosis establishment, and if so, whether this is specific to symbiont-containing cells, or rather an organism-wide effect. Here, we uncover a different means for manipulating the immune response to regulate symbiosis. Our data suggest that transcriptional regression of MYD88, a conserved cytoplasmic adapter that integrates virtually all TLRs in mammals, may promote symbiosis establishment in aptasia larvae, while MYD88 activity has been shown to impair infection with the AP-complexin parasite Plasmodium and Taxoplasma in mammals. Its role in endosymbiosis establishment was unclear until now. Analogous to counteracting AP-complexin infection in mammals, MYD88 activity may impair the initiation of cnidarian dinoflagellate symbiosis, 
a principle that appears to be common for immune challenge in mutualistic and parasitic intracellular alveolates. Along these lines, it is also worth noting that various pathogens, including Listeria monocytogenes, Salmonella enterica, and Cryptococcus neoformans, have been shown to reside in pathogens containing vacuoles that are decorated with FLAMP1, similar to what we observe here for intracellular symbionts and Aptasia larvae, revealing another commonality between endosymbionts and certain intracellular pathogens. These types of pathogen-containing vacuoles are thought to resemble modified lysosomes that provide an intracellular niche for replication without being acidic or digestive, two common features of classical lysosomes. Currently, the intracellular niche of dinoflagellates in the cnidarian host is not well described. However, in this context, we made three interesting discoveries. First, LAMP1 niche formation is impaired upon inhibition of ERK5, a negative regulator of vomocytosis. Second, nonspecific immune stimulation via LPS increases symbiont expulsion than the first 24 hours of symbiosis establishment. And third, LPS treatment has no effect once symbionts have been integrated into host cells for 24 hours. This suggests that activation of host immunity pathways conflicts with initiation of the symbiotic interaction. However, once symbionts are stably integrated within the LAMP1 niche, symbiosis stability is not compromised by immune activation probably due to the fact that a large proportion of host immune signaling is transcriptionally repressed by this time. In contrast with previous organism-wide analyses, we found that expression of the NF-kappa-B transcription factor itself was not downregulated in symbiotic cells. In fact, compared with aposymbiotic cells from symbiotic larvae, nf Kappa-B was even upregulated. This is in accordance with a host cell-specific response directly linked to symbiont phagocytosis and suggests that transcriptional downregulation of NF-kappa-B itself is not required for symbiosis establishment at the individual host cell level, but may play a role at the organismal level or once the symbiotic association becomes more mature. However, we observed significant transcriptional repression of multiple effectors at the second branch of TLR signaling, which was mediated by the transcription factor AP1, including one transcript identified as AP1 in symbiont-containing cells. This showed that host immune suppression occurs at a much broader scale at the cellular level than was previously reported for whole organisms. A distinct response that probably reflects the immediate impact of symbiont phagocytosis by host cells. Establishing endosymbiosis in cnidarian cells relies on escaping expulsion, not digestion. 
We found that symbiont uptake induces immune suppression in order to bypass clearance by vomocytosis. The fate of non-symbiotic phagocytosed particles. And not to escape phagolysosomal digestion. Phagocytosis is an ancient process used by unicellular organisms to acquire and digest food. Moreover, microbial killing by professional macrophages and higher metazoans is thought to derive from phagotrophy, thus being a primitive and highly conserved mechanism it seems likely that intracellular digestion would be used by nadarians to eliminate incompatible invaders. In fact, symbiont digestion has been implicated in the maintenance of stable dinoflagellate numbers in nadarian dinoflagellate symbiosis and coral bleaching. Accordingly, symbionts halting phagosomal maturation and thus avoiding intracellular digestion have been applied to play a role in symbiosis establishment. In contrast, symbiont expulsion has been, has been described as a key mechanism by which intact symbiotic microalgae are lost from host tissue during heat-induced bleaching. Additionally, it was suggested that symbiont expulsion is involved in regulating symbiont density in the host. However, the proportions of healthy symbiont cells, debris, and other microorganisms, as well as the life stage of the symbiont, differ between the expelled materials of different species examined. Here, we uncover a vital role for expulsion in defining partner specificity during larval stages in the endosymbiotic relationship between cnidarians and their dinoflagellate symbionts. While non-pathogenic microalgae are removed by expulsion, selective intracellular persistence of symbionts requires avoidance of expulsion by vomocytosis, a phenomenon preceded by host immune suppression. This raises the interesting question of whether the same mechanisms are at play in bleaching, the regulation of symbiont density, and symbiosis establishment. For example, while our data suggests that Aptasia larvae probe their environment using a trial and error mechanism, it is possible that the constitutive acquisition and release of incompatible microalgae that we observe in aposymbiotic larvae only occurs until a compatible symbiont strain has colonized the host. The immune suppression associated with the uptake may slow or halt this indiscriminate process to favor symbiont replication and dispersal rather than continuous de novo acquisition. Accordingly, even in partially bleached hosts, the remaining symbionts may suppress the uptake of new microalgae from the environment to recolonize the host by distributing descendants of the original symbiont strain. This could explain why anemones and even entire coral colonies are often stably inhabited by only a single symbiodineaceae type, or a few different ones at most. Alternatively, differences may exist between larval and adult life stages, with larvae being more promiscuous and effective in phagocytosing microalgae 
compared with the, their adult counterparts. Vomocytosis as an ancient mechanism of innate immunity. Currently, vomocytosis is thought to function as an escape route for pathogens from specialized immune cells, possibly in an effort to promote dissemination. This concept is largely based on experimental evidence for fungal pathogens from the genus Cryptococcus, members of which are vomocytosed from cultured macrophages and zebrafish. Specifically, it was thought that fungal pathogens had evolved the capacity for vomocytosis in response to selective pressure exerted during the interaction with predatory amoeba. It is unclear whether vomocytosis is initiated by the host or the invader, but the inability of heat-killed C. neoformans, cryptococcus neoformin cells, to undergo vomocytosis and its dependency on the fungal polysaccharide capsule suggest that vomocytosis is triggered by the pathogen. Interestingly, sporadic reports about other pathogens that appear to use vomocytosis-like mechanisms are increasing. Here, we extend the observation of vomocytosis to a non-pathogenic interaction occurring between cnidaria and diverse microalgae and inert beads. We found that aptasia larvae indiscriminately phagocytose microalgae from the environment only after uptake and only after uptake select for suitable symbionts by eliminating the incompatible microalgae and indigestible particles by vomocytosis, suggesting that the process is probably triggered by the host. This is distinct from amoeba, which release only live fungal cells via vomocytosis but rely on wash-mediated constitutive exocytosis for expulsion of inert beads and heat-killed fungal cells. Mechanistically, vomocytosis involves the prevention of LAMP1 accumulation in cnidarian larvae, which is in line with, observation, with observations for vomocytosed cryptococcus neoformin cells in animal microphages. To date, constitutive exocytosis has not been assessed in cnidarian larvae. However, we found that inhibition of actin polymerization, which halts constitutive exocytosis, does not alter the frequency or dynamics of expulsion of M. gaditana cells, suggesting that, at least for large particles greater than 3 microns, vomocytosis is the predominant mechanism at play in these organisms. Vomocytosis of indigestible material, non-symbiotic microalgae, or even pathogenic microbes may be an effective clearing mechanism for these small motile organisms, which are in constant contact with the environment. Similarly, constitutive exocytosis and vomocytosis are efficient clearance mechanisms for free-living unicellular amoeba, which the phago Acidic cells of multicellular organisms rely on the retention and digestion of the phagocytose material to avoid infecting neighboring cells or tissue. Aptasia larvae represent an interesting intermediate between these two. They are multicellular organisms with structured tissues. However, 
both the ectoderm and endoderm are in constant contact with the environment. Thus, the tight regulation of homocytosis that occurs in macrophages is not only unnecessary in aptasia larvae, but detrimental for successful symbiosis establishment. Moreover, our data suggest that symbionts circumvent this default clearing by inducing localized host immune suppression. Therefore, vomocytosis may not be specific to certain pathogens, but rather an evolutionarily ancient defense mechanism to fight invaders that was co-opted by symbiotic cnidarians to selectively promote maintenance of intracellular symbionts. More broadly, we propose that vomocytosis is an ancient clearing mechanism of animal cells, and that the ability to escape vomocytosis was key for the evolution of intracellular lifestyle for alveolates. Conclusion. Cnidarians, such as corals and anemones, are evolutionarily ancient animals with simple body parts, yet possess cells with complex immune capacities, providing a powerful experimental system to dissect the basis for the evolution of intracellular lifestyles and partner specificity. Uncovering the cell biology of symbiosis establishment using comparative experimental approaches in a daniflagellate cnidarian model will be key to understanding the origin of the mutualistic and parasitic intracellular lifestyles of alveolates within animal cells.